A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cut set or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Them hot World Cup, wreck your shot. To the hit, to the hop, you don't stop. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and joining me in the Hip Hop World Cup studio are Steve Hitchcock. How are you, Steve? Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah, good, thanks. And James Larry Luscombe. How are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, very well, thanks. All good, all good. Cool. So, yeah, um, this week is a little bit different. We're on the we're on the road this week. We're um, positioned on Wembley Way uh, in our special mobile unit that we've had um, specially constructed. Uh, involves thousands of feet of cabling, huge monitors, um, and it's just like a pod that we're all in at the moment um, on the famous walkway just down from the Bobby Moore statue. So, um, uh, really excited about that. It makes no difference to you and the listeners, but um, you know it's, it's great for us because we're you know at the spiritual home of football. Um, so it's great to be here, isn't it, lads? What are your What are your thoughts about our new mobile pod? Like this, it's an honour to be at Wembley, isn't it? Like it's the home of football, and uh, hopefully we can do uh, do it do it justice. Absolutely. So um, so this yeah. year, th- th- this uh, episode, we're looking at 1991. Full disclosure. This is my favourite year in hip hop. Um, so many great albums. Uh, it's got four in my all-time top ten. Four albums in my all-time top ten in our shortlist, uh, and that gives to sh- that gives you an idea of how much I love this year. There are so many great albums, and even in my honourable mentions, there are some that in my in my top ten. Um, so this this is my personal favourite year. Uh, what are your thoughts on on 1991, uh, Larry? Start with you. Yeah, not as not as um, strong for me mm. actually. Um, there were quite. I, I struggled to come up with the shortlist, um, but like you, though, I, there are t- there are two albums in here that rank in my all-time top three, um, and another one that I absolutely love. And of those two that are in my top three, I, I really like. They they they've always been unranked. And they're still unranked in my mind. So if if they come up against each other, I like really don't know what I'm going to do and which way I'm going to come down. Oh, I love that. And how about you, Steve? Yeah, not not one of my favourite years. I think I'm probably going the opposite of you two. Um, there's a couple of albums that I do really like, but not in my kind of well, probably not in my top five. Maybe some in my top ten. So. I'm really interested to find out which ones uh, yeah. you rank so highly, actually. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. It's just that, you know, I remember making a compilation of tracks from 1991. I just had so many. Like, I couldn't fit them all on one CD of my favourite tracks, like, from this year. Um, I just love it so much. I think it was just in our, very much in the formative stages of my hip-hop love. You know, I was, you know, used to go out and buy the cassettes and stuff like that, and there just seemed to be so many great albums around a bit at this particular time. I'm surprised you, Larry... When, you know, because this is peak Pete Tong's rap selection days, and there's so many yeah. tracks. I mean, there are quite a few like singles I can remember from the year, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just kind of think I don't think I really had many of these at the time, apart from NWA, maybe. 
Right. Yeah. And yeah. I can rem- I can really remember you and I like loving the NWA album and listening to it on the way to school and stuff like that. Um, but apart from that, I don't really have. Um, I think I was probably just still into the stuff that I had, like Shout Out Compton and the Public Enemy albums and stuff like that that had kind of previously been like come out the, like the previous couple of years and just still stuck on those maybe yeah still digesting those ones yeah that's fair enough well look it's going to be an exciting one to find out what some of these uh, albums are just a very very quick recap on the rules what we've done is we've whittled it down to the our favourite eight albums from 1991 um, using a technique and a process that I still don't understand but we've got it down to eight albums uh, our favourite eight and what we're going to do we're going to draw them out the hat against each other and they'll play each other in round one the winners go through to the semi-finals and the winners of that obviously go through to the final and then they play and we find out our ultimate album from this year. Um, so I hope True Score's been working hard this week, Larry. I, I hear there was, you had some, it was in the news this week, I, I saw something about it taking over webcams or something. I can't really comment on that. I mean, I, we, we've had, a, a as you'll recall, sort of the last episode, it, it, it worked, it was being worked so hard that it was pumping out sort of black, acrid, smoke um it's i think it's been fixed now the problem with it is that because it, it's a hybrid system <laughs> it's the um like the chipset like the musical processing unit is like a really modern intel system but it the machine that houses it is like an adapted um like british leyland machine from the from the early 70s <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's quite pretty durable. But we've um, I've had to flush the pipes through this week, and uh, but I wondered what that replaced. I wondered what that was sticking out the top of it. So yeah. that must be okay. It's one of the gearboxes is is gone a bit gone a bit funny, um, but it should be okay. Like yeah, good. Okay, keep keep keep, keep off the clutch, and it'll, right. be, it'll be fine. I think. Nice, uh, oh, Danny, right. Danny. Danny, what happened to your arrival system? Did did that get shut down? Was, there, was that going to come back? <laughs> There are a few teething problems. I've got some letters. I won't lie to you this week. Um, very strongly worded letters. So I'm going to carry on using it until I'm like a court tells me I can't use it. Um, but until then, I'm going to keep using the real rank system because it's my, it's all I've got. Okay. Um, so let's see how it gets on this week. Um, but anyway, so before we get on to uh, telling you what the lineup is, just a quick um, surprise for you guys. I've got a special guest lined up at the end of the show just after the like final to talk about time. the winner like we did last time um, a genuine this, but this time it's a genuine England legend I'm not going to say any more than that a genuine England football legend will be joining us on the line live to, to give us his thoughts on the winner so and stay it, tuned is he on a reliable telephone I believe connection? so we've done some tests and I believe yeah. it's reliable this week so yeah. let's see how we get on but um, I good. still hope it's Darren Anderson well, I'm not going to say, but just please stay tuned for that. It's going to be absolutely dynamite. So, okay, so are the uh, eight albums we've got going through to the Hip Hop World Cup finals are A Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, uh, Black Sheeps, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, uh, De La Soul, De La Soul is Dead, Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, I Wish My Brother George Was Here, um, Ice Cube, Death Certificate, Ice T's OG Original Gangster, KMD's Mr. Hood, and F of Four Zagin by NWA. So that's a very strong lineup of eight there. Um, quick thoughts before we go into the round uh, round one. Yes, it's a strong lineup, isn't it? I, I know I don't think this is a classic year, but it's a, that's a really strong lineup. Uh, I, I think I'm going to struggle to choose between some of those albums. Absolutely. And Larry, what are your thoughts quickly on the on the lineup? There are definitely some that I, I'm going to really struggle with, but there are 
I can't lie, there are also some in there that just I don't connect with yeah. at all. So that they, they, they will be easy rounds for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foregone conclusions. Okay, cool. Right, so without further ado, let's get on to the draw. Who have you got over there helping you with it this week, Steve? Well, you're in for a big, big surprise, actually. So, um, you know, I, I don't want the listeners to think that we don't kind of uh, spare any expense for this uh, Hip Hop World Cup, especially in your favourite year, Danny. So what I've been doing, I've been trying to think of a legal way to get Tupac into this World Cup because there's, there's no way he's going to get into it otherwise. So I looked on eBay and um, and it last made an appearance at uh, Coachella 2012. It's it's a hologram machine, and it's been loaded with the uh, a hologram of Tupac. Now it's not working brilliantly. It doesn't speak, which is you know coincidence, uh, and it just keeps on throwing up gang signs, West Side gang signs. So and also, um, but being comprised of light, probably can't actually interact with the, with the balls. No, it's got a special robotic arm that right, I, okay. I, I had to pay extra for that. Um, I think that was probably used by Snoop Dogg for like rolling spliffs or something. But right. It's, uh, it's yeah. So, Absolutely yeah, uh, extraordinary. Absolutely so, extraordinary. Uh, um, so there we go. So uh, the, t- the the hologram of Tupac is going to be helping me do the draw this evening. Fantastic. It's, I mean, it's, again, it's a real tragedy that people at home can't see this because it's stunning. He's got the bandana on. He's doing a little dance. Oh, it's absolutely extraordinary. Um, I can't help but feel that like we just do we need to spend the money on it? If people can't see it. Well we can see it though. It seems weak daft. I mean we can see it. It helps us, you know. I mean I'm not sure, you know, we might need some it sort of independent it... verification. Um I'm not sure if it will be binding by FIFA rules and regulations. Uh, we'll have to deal with that later. But for us it's absolutely spectacular. Right. Well, he's ready to go. He's uh, ready. Cool, right. Well, let's go. Let's. We've got 2 holding the ball bag. Let's see who comes out uh, first match, round one. Okay. First out, it's Dale the Funky Homo Sapien. Ooh. And going against Dale is... Oh, it's Mr. Hood by KMD. Nice. KMD, Mr. Hood versus Dale the Funky Homo Sapiens. I wish my brother That's George was here. Actually. Yeah. Uh, two kind of similar albums in tone, let's say, I, I, I reckon. Yeah. But, um, Steve, so you're, you're up first on this one. What, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, yeah, like you say, two, two kind of fun albums, really. Um, both debut albums. Uh, so let's start with Dale. Dale, I think Dale is a great rapper. I really like Dale. Um, and this album, it's like um, when I first listened to this album, it didn't really kind of catch me. I wasn't like really massively into it I think I prefer his other stuff I love like Deltron 3030 and No Need for Alarm I think those are fantastic albums but going back and listen to this album it is really good it is it is so funky so it's like quite a stylish funky album and, and I think it's it's aged really well and actually I've really enjoyed listening to it all the way through it, I, I, you know I like albums that are good long players and I think this one really is I think it starts fantastically well with with what is a booty, and then there's some, for me there's three absolute. 
classic tracks on there. Mr. Dobbelina, which everyone will probably say. Um, but I love a one-two. That is just my favourite track on the on the album. I can I can play that all day long. Uh, and I like Sunny Meadows. I don't know if you two. Um, I love Sunny like Meadows. Track. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's I, brilliant. There's, there's something very kind of I know subtle and stylish about it. Hmm. So um, yeah, really really strong album. Definitely one that's grown on me over over the years. Um, and then the KMD album, um, like, you know, full disclosure, I absolutely love MF Doom. So this album's got kind of provenance for me. And it it's probably, it's slightly different from the other albums this year. It's like, it, it feels like it had a kind of different production, a different vibe, vibe to it. And it's quite, the rhyming is quite clever. The skits are quite amusing, whereas some skits in this year are just absolutely awful. Um, and I don't know, this, I think this has got more tracks that I like on it, I think. It, it, I don't think it kind of has the same kind of cohesive feel as I wish my brother George was here, but I really like Who Me, Humrush, Nitty Gritty is obviously a really classic track, Heart With No Ho, Peach Fuzz, and the Gas Face Refill at the end. So. There's, there's always something on this album that I'm kind of looking forward to hearing, um, even though every track might not be as strong as perhaps um, the ones on, the, on Dale's album. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear what you two have to say, and it's kind of like this is definitely in the balance for me. I'm, I'm gonna find this one a tricky one to decide. Yeah, a really tough kind of war of attrition in the first round there. What a tricky one to tease out. How about you, Larry? What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, um, I mean, the Dell album, I came to sort of a bit late in life, I think. I'm not quite sure why I didn't have it back in the day. I, I think I'm pretty sure I would have loved it originally. But um, I think I actually first came across it in your car, like listening to What Is Booty, just asking you what it was. Yeah. Being sort of incredulous that I didn't know what it was. But what, the word booty? Been... <laughs> Sorry? You mean the word booty or, the, or that song? The song, what is, booty, oh, right. is called What is Booty? What is, well, what what is, is a booty? booty? What is a booty, sorry. Yeah. Um, so that would have been sort of early 2000s. And I've kind of, I've had it since then and have kind of always been really into it. Um, I've actually got a bit of a kind of theory that if somebody didn't know, if someone wanted to kind of have a really good example of hip hop to get them into it, I think this is kind of like the perfect album to give somebody like that. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I think if yeah. you I think if you don't like this, like hip hop probably just isn't for you at all. Um, it's kind of it's really fun sounding, like really funky. You can't help but nod your head to all the beats. It's like really danceable, quite a sort of a bit of a sort of party album. Um, it's got songs about you know like getting the bus or having like an unwelcome guest sleeping on your sofa and like like really dark things like that. Don't always so hear that sort of thing in hip hop, do you? Exactly. It kind of it strays away from like subject matter, especially like back in nineteen ninety. It was a lot of it was about it was either really political or kind of about street violence and things like that. And it, you could see how it put people off. But there is, there's just barely any of that here at all. Um, like musically, it's just kind of got loads of brilliant hooks, memorable lyrics, funky beats. Obviously, really heavily indebted to like George Clinton throughout, as a lot of albums from this period are. Um, it does kind of dip a little bit at the end. I don't, don't especially like Hoods Coming Dozens and same old thing. They're not quite on the same level as the rest of it. 
Um, but yeah, it's just a really consistently good, fun album. He's really charismatic. And yeah, I just I, I just always look forward to, to listening to him, really. Um, Mr. Hood, again, I kind of, I didn't know of it back in 91. I only kind of became aware of it, having got into MF Doom sort of in the early 2000s and then, you know, realizing that he'd been in this group earlier, KMD, and sort of wanted to check that out. Um, I don't know sort of really how I would have responded to it back then. I think, although it's got some great tracks on it, um, as we mentioned before, it is quite well matched. I, I wish my brother George was here. They're sort of two really quite sort of similar sounding albums. But I just think the Dell album stands the test of time a bit better. I think, um, like, I don't know, Mr. Hood is a bit front loaded. I, I kind of lose interest about halfway through from, I guess, like, um, The Boy Who Cried Wolf onwards. Um, yeah, just doesn't quite have the consistency. Um, I think one thing that I do absolutely love about it is the skits. Um, they've obviously kind of found this, like, teach yourself English record, and they've just mined it for for this kind of, like, to build this character of Mr. Hood out of. And they, but they do it in such a clever way, like, weaving this, like, dialogue between him and and like the band members into these really really funny little dialogues um, it's mostly onyx the birthstone kid isn't it it's quite funny yeah um some really great kind of lines in those and like where, whereas like a lot of most skits in hip-hop are just a bit tiresome like these ones are genuinely good i think and do, like mf doom stroke the level of x has kind of always been good with the skits but um yeah i have to say i don't think the rapping is particularly great on this album, like especially when you compare it to a lot of the other stuff on offer this year, I think it took it took him becoming MF Doom to kind of really find his place as like a as one of the all time greats. I don't think you can really see that. You would have guessed from this that he would go on to be such a legend. I don't think, but um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I kind of I, I didn't even know which one it was, which one he was. Yeah, he is, he, it is a bit kind of hard to pick him out, like, to be honest, unless you kind of really know what to look out for. But, um, so yeah, I was, I was a bit disappointed listening to this again, because um, I kind of, I thought I liked it a bit more than I did, perhaps. But um, I, I, I much prefer their second album, actually. It's a shame that we won't get to speak about that once it wasn't released officially until sort of much later. But, um, so yeah, a good, good round, good first round. Um, and a good matchup between the two, I think. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, just coming on to to my thoughts on this. Um, I mean, without wishing to strip the jeopardy out of the situation, we've got we've unearthed one of my top ten of all time albums in Del the Funky Homo Sapien against an album that I heard for the first time this week. So um, I think it might be you know the, the dictionary definition of a foregone conclusion with this, but I will speak about. I thought you did, I thought them. you did have Mr. Hood. No, no, never, never had it. Never. I would have heard of it. I just hadn't listened to it until I was forced to this week. But um, I uh, so having having listened to it, um, and and you know I spent a good time a good time listening to it this week, and um, I think it's a good album. I think if had I list, listened to this in 1991, I think it would have been an album I would have loved actually i think it's right on my street i think it's full of you know it's well it's funky it's sample heavy it's fun it's upbeat it's got some really great kind of energy behind it and i think i like i like that a lot um 
they're, they're at the time they're associated with third base and I think they were on the third base's first album uh, yeah. gas faced yeah. stuff I think and hence why one of these is the gas face so I, I was aware of them through that um, and, and, and like their contribution on that um, and I think they're very similar like, this sounded like a third base album to me um, lots of sort of cartoony skits a lot of samples just you know loads thrown at the wall to see what sticks and I think it's it's really good a lot of those skits you were talking about I, I lost patience with those quite quite early on I, I they annoyed me in fact the, the first track that comes in is a glorified skit really isn't it and um, hmm. I just don't think that's a strong enough opening for an album I was kind of like didn't grab me from the start um, I really like it yeah I mean I, I, I sense the people yeah. who like this album like that skit but I just coming to it now I just didn't didn't wasn't feeling it but then as the songs kept going through um, I really kind of got into it. I like the production style. I think some of it's stimulated dummies who I who I'm quite big fans of. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like an A to Z of all the breaks that were being used around that time. Um, you know, all the classic breaks, uh, lots of energy, good rapping. Um, could have done without Banana Peel Blues. Uh, that would be like a bit of a waste of time on that one. Um, yeah, as I say, oh, Peach Fuzz, I really loved as well. Um, that's right up my street with a sort of jazzy sample and and that sort of thing. So I can, I kind of, I get why, you know, a lot of people like them and this, this album is kind of like, you know, loved by people. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's got the disadvantage of me not having listened to it before. Uh, whereas on the flip side, yeah, I mean, Dale the Funky Homo Sapiens album, it's a stone cold top tenor for me. Um, I absolutely love this album. It's so strong from start to finish and every track, even the weaker tracks, like you say, Larry, same old thing. It's probably the weakest track. I still love it. Um, it's just hit after hit after hit. Um, and I just, the production on it, it's kind of got that boogeyman, DJ Pooh, Sir Jinx style, Ice Cube style, where the, the samples are really crunchy, but they're really funky. Uh, lots of uh, P-Funk influence on this. Um, not quite as much as I, I mean, Dr. Bombay's obviously influenced and um, what is a booty. But a lot of them are, you know, there's not as much P-Funk in this as, as I sort of remember. Um, but Dell's lyricism on this is, is phenomenal. I mean, the wacky world of rapid transit with the, the bus, his flow on that is incredible. Just it's the lyrical dexterity displays on that. Just talking about catching the bus, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's testament to this album that so many of the tracks, I know bits of it. I can quote bits of it. I remember them and I often think of them, like the lyrics and stuff like that. I just, it's such a memorable, strong album. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I think this is a pretty pretty easy one for me um, in terms of the matchup. Um, so, yeah, I think we should probably just vote on it then, really, shouldn't we? Uh, Steve, let's go for you first. What, what are you voting for? Uh, no, I, I still can't properly decide. So, my head says Dale's album is is the best one. And Larry, I really like what you said about, you know, if you were new to hip-hop, this would be a really good album because... I think when I first listened to it, I was into like harder stuff, and so I didn't appreciate it as much. Whereas now, I, I probably don't listen to exactly that as much. Actually. So it's kind of making me think, though. Actually, do I actually really like the KMD album more? And there's definitely way more tracks on there that I think are like um, better tracks. Um, on my kind of list, I've got like six six tracks I really like on Mr. Hood, but only three that I'd say are really really great on. I wish my brother George was here. So, um, uh, I'm massively on the fence here. Do you know what? I'm going to go for KMD because 
because it's got Zev LabX on there. So there we go. I'm just going to go for it. Radical decision there. Um, Larry, let's go for you next. Yeah, this is kind of quite easy for me, really. I think, like you, I think, I mean, I think the Dell album is probably in my top 10. Like it's been it's been a while since I've kind of revised my top 10, but I think it, it's either in it or very close to it. And it's such, it's such a fun album. I, I never tire of, there's nothing to not like about it, really. Um, wow, Larry, I'm shocked. Really? Oh, oh no, I, I, I just... I can imagine your top 20, your top 10, blimey. Yeah, I knew yeah. you loved this album, though. It was no surprise yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of top 10. It's, it's certainly, it's very close to it, if not. Um, whereas Mr. Hood, I think if it were up against the second KMD album, that would be a bit of a yeah. trickier one, because that, that is a better album, and I really, really like that. But, yeah, Mr. Hood has just got too much... It's, got too much filler on it for me like they are nowhere near on Dell's level lyrically the music's not as good it's just quite an easy win for, for Dell for me okay so well I mean it's pretty obvious what I'm going to go for you've got one of my top 10 albums of all time versus uh, what is a good album just not one that I was ever attached to at the time and just had no hope of uh, get, uh, you know beating Dell so yeah I'm voting for Dell um a really great point you make about it being an album that you would give to somebody to introduce them to hip hop. It's kind of like really like great how example. Could you not, how yeah. could you not like it? Because it's yeah, like, as you if, say, if, it's if fun. If you like if you like funky music, like yeah. how it's so like you could like anyone could dance to this. Yeah, but it's infectious like, as well. And it's a most of most of the tracks you could put on at a party and like people would instantly would like want to dance to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there we go. So that's uh, that's the winner. Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, the first album through to the semi-finals. Come on, y'all, get live, get down. Hip hop, welcome. in your town. Come on, come on, y'all, get live, get down. Hip hop, welcome. in your town. Right, so let's go back over to the virtual studio with Steve uh, and his holographic two-pack. Who's holding the bag open? Uh, let's see what comes out next. Give it a good shake. Two pack. Give it a good shake. He's also holding a gun. Is that is that okay? Yeah. As long as it's a, a, as long as it's a hologram, we're all right. Um, yeah, just make. Can you just make sure he gives that bag a good shake? Uh, that robotic arm looks yeah. a bit static. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's done. It's good. Okay. Thanks. And the first or the next the next uh, album is out. It's it's Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube's death certificate. Death certificate. And following out is is black sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Hmm. Okay, right. So who's up first on this one? We've got you, Larry. You're up first on this one. What are your thoughts? Okay. Well, um, wolf in sheep's clothing is probably an album that I thought I liked a bit more before going through the process today. Um, it's probably a bit overlong, I think, and doesn't really have the quality to, to justify that length. It's about 23 tracks or something ridiculous like that. I do, like, the songs that I like are brilliant. I really like Strobe Light Honey. That's kind of an all-time favourite of mine. Uh, Who That May Concern is really funky. Uh, Similac Child, Try Counting Sheep, I've always liked. That's probably the first track I was ever aware of from this, like from the old Pete Tong show there. Um flavor of the month as well um but I, I sort of do get a bit bored by the second half of the album 
probably from a, a sort of give me the finger onwards. Um, just kind of feel like I've heard it all by that point. I think they're not the best rappers, really. Like, especially when you compare them to some of the other ones that are in contention this year. Um, not bad by any means, but yeah, not on the sort of tribes level, for example. Um, and a lot of the beats, kind of in the second half especially, are either quite forgettable or just outright dull. Um, it has like one of the best first tracks of any rap album ever, I think. Like with that dream sequence in, in you, you Mean I'm Not. Um, I just, I really love just like, it's got, it's such a good pastiche of like a public enemy, like a bomb squad production or something like that. And if you didn't kind of know, if that was the, if that, if that was the first you'd ever heard of that album, just putting the needle on the groove that day and hearing that, and then sort of hearing the punchline, I think you sort of, yeah, you'd be in for a bit, you know, it kind of paints a picture and then sort of completely pulls the rug. So I, I do like that. Um, moving on to sort of death cricket, this is like a, an all-time favourite of mine. It's in, it's in my top three. Not quite sure where it sort of um, sits in the, in that top three. So yeah, I think that this album it's kind of it's, it's a it's a perfect match of, of beats and raps. It all kind of hangs together really really well. Um, but that being said, I have kind of found it quite tricky to sort of describe this album and why I like it. Um, I think like the beats are some of my favorite, well, the, the music is some of my favorite kind of music of all time, but I can't really say why in the way that I can for like Apple to Dragon or Low End Theory. Um, I think it just sort of comes down to the sample selection being so good. Um, I think like weirdly, like the actual drum programming is quite sort of unremarkable in a weird way on this. Like, I never thought I would have said this about this album, but they kind of, they sort of work well in service of the samples, but I don't know, it kind of feels like you could swap them out for other drums and it wouldn't make much of a difference, which like you really couldn't say that for like low end theory, for example. Thinking about why, yeah, why I like the album, I think lyrically what's good about it is that every song is thematically really different. Like he doesn't go on about the same like things all the time yeah you've got um like you know my summer vacation is a really good story you've got look who's burning which is obviously quite amu an amusing look at sort of you know sexual health and you know condoms and stuff like that so yeah i think um you know my summer vacation is a really good story look who's burning has a kind of specific message in there um bird in the hand is a really kind of vivid account of you know, what it's like to come from somewhere like Compton and how you can struggle to kind of get out of that situation without turning to, to crime. Um, Alive on Arrival is kind of all about racial inequality and sort of healthcare and the judicial system. So there's just so many kind of interesting, like engaging themes in it, and it sort of really holds your interest because of that, I think. He's not just sort of repeating himself throughout the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I noticed that more and more, the more I kind of listened and, and thought about it really. It hasn't sort of particularly occurred to me before, but I think that's what makes it such a consistently good album. Um, and yeah, it's his, it's his best work. Um, and yeah, just, just love it. It's got a great album. Like I said, and all a top three, just not quite sure where it, where it stands in that ranking really, but. Hopefully we can we, we can resolve where it stands in comparison to one of the others tonight. 
I think you're 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 both going to know what I'm going to say about Ice Cube because I pr pretty much say every time there's an Ice Cube album, is I just it's just just doesn't resonate with me, and I I, I definitely appreciate it as, as one of his better albums, and it's kind of like hard and angry as it normally kind of is, and I think it's good. But Larry, I think you kind of said this. It, it, it's, it's like it is kind of like slightly unremarkable. I think there's nothing that's, that really kind of stands out about it, um, and I think it is better than his other albums because the content is, I don't know, brighter, more interesting. Um, but I just, I just can't get into Ice Cube. I do think the beats are okay, but they're just not they're just not remarkable enough for me. And I, you know, Larry. I, I, I always know I always know that you two are going to like these albums. They're always going to be in your kind of top threes, top ten. But they never they never would be for me. I, don't, I, I just can't really put my finger on it. I really don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's I just don't like Ice Cube's cadence. I I like him, but I just can't get into it. So the Black Sheep album um, I do really like, and um, I think Danny, you either either gave me this album or you warned me about the first track to kind of say you know you've got to listen past the first track because it's not what the album's like and it and it is uh it is a really crazy good start and uh and of course it's a native then members of the native tongues um but they're kind of like slightly harder um than kind of what you'd expect from native tongue and um yeah it's funky um, it is a really long album. In fact, I think Death Certificate kind of feels quite long to me as well, maybe because I don't enjoy it, but this is definitely a long album and I think taking out a few tracks would make it much, much tighter. Uh, they Love the Ladies, that's one of the one of the uh, uh, interesting but maybe irritating things as they kind of keep coming back to their own kind of like OS in the uh, boxer short department, but um, they're there are lots of good tracks in there, and one of them I think um, is one of, one of my favourite ever tracks. Uh, and I really like. I think I said in a previous podcast about how much I like Shook Ones Part Two because it really gets you in that kind of hip hop state of mind. Well, I like the choice is yours revisited. I think it's just I just love putting that on and just listening to it over and over again. Uh, Similac Child I really like. And uh, Black With No Vision as well, I think it's a really great track. Strobe Like Honey, which you said, Larry, as well. There's good, good things on there that I really like, but yeah, probably too long to be a classic album and maybe a bit kind of samey. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with Black Sheep. Um, now, this is not in my top 10. This is not one of my top 10 albums of all time, um, but I do like it a lot. So I was first introduced to it uh, back, I used to, I think they used to play the videos on MTV Raps and it was, um, I think they did Try Counting Sheep, Flavor of the Month. Um, and I just fell in love with those singles, you know, like most people, um, The Choice Is Yours. Um, loved that that one as well. Loved the singles, picked up the album and it really, it didn't really disappoint when I when I got it. Um, like you both said, that first track, You Mean I'm Not, it's very rare in hip-hop that I find it funny. Like, I don't really find skits funny. I don't really find hip-hop that 
funny, like laugh out loud funny, but this is one of the only songs that actually makes me laugh properly whenever I hear it, especially at the end when he, when he goes, so I thought that I was hard. Yeah, so over the yeah. top, brilliant, brilliant pastiche. So I love that, such a great opening. But it really sets up the stall for who they are because I do think they are, everything they do is tongue in cheek. Like Drez is a very cheeky kind of rapper. He's always got his tongue firmly yeah. in his cheek. And obviously the sugar dick daddy, Mr. Long is obviously, you know, <laughs> doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do, I, I like it a lot. I mean, it's, there's some really, really great beats on this. They're not the, they're not the strongest rappers in the native tongues, but I do think, you know, the amount of singles and the amount they blew up on this album, I do think that really counts in its favour. Um, but I do agree, it kind of goes on a bit long, like on the CD that I've got, 22 tracks, a couple of bonus tracks, it kind of drags a bit. And uh, like, I'm looking through the track list now, and like, even though I listened to it this week, I, I don't remember how a few of them go still. So it's not, there are a few gaps in my knowledge of this album. I, you know, I, I loved it at the time, but it's just the memorable ones stuck in my head, you know, whereas, whereas something like Dell, you know, just all the tracks are just instantly recognisable to me. Um, so yeah, I do like this album a lot, but um, in terms of its matchup and the comparison with Ice Cube, it's, it's you know, it's David and Goliath for me. Um, Death Certificate is, I mean, I've got a long and involved relationship with this album. Um, Steady Mobbing was the first CD single I ever bought when I first got a CD player. Uh, and it had, I think it had a version of Us on it as well. And uh, and then when I got the album, it was just just like a bomb went off. Like the, I, I just love this album. What I love most about it is the intensity and the anger. Like he's a very angry young man on this album. Um, he got a lot of it out of his system on America's Most, but this one he just seemed to really. He's always angry. What are you he's always angry, about? but but this one he just seemed to step up and he's angry at everybody. He's angry at Koreans. He's angry at black people themselves. <laughs> you know, he's angry at people who you know get STIs. Um, he's angry, you know, he's angry at everybody, like um, Uncle Sam, like America itself. He's just like, he, he, he runs the gamut of all the people he's angry at in this one. But he does it with such vitriol, but also such sort of dexterity, lyrical dexterity. And I just, I don't know, I just, a lot of his, you know, a lot of these tracks just, I, I love them to death. A Bird in the Hand, I think, is a standout for me. Um, touches on, obviously, some pretty, pretty important issues. Um, and another one that you don't hear many people talking about is Man's Best Friend, which when you listen to the lyrics of that is absolute genius. Like his, some of yeah. his storytelling stuff, or some um, of his kind of, some of his concept raps where he's, right, this is the subject I'm going to talk about. I'm going to compare a gun to a dog. It's, it's, it's genius. It really is. Um, and you can see why he was kind of considered the lyrical force behind NWA for so long. Just some of the, the ideas he comes out with. But it's sort of surrounded by these really angry, issue-driven tracks um, and I just think this this album, just like the energy and it just sort of smacked me in the mouth when I heard it. Um, you say about the beats not being memorable, I just do not agree with that in the slightest. It, or not memorable, but you know, like nothing about it that stands out. They're so- They're good, but they're just not remarkable enough. They just, I don't know. They're so funky, hard, just, intense. Just as, just as a point of clarity with that, I'm specifically talking about the drum programming. Like the samples are really, really memorable. Yeah. But I just, I, I know it's a weird thing to talk about, but I kind of, I just thought the actual drums themselves, when I kind of listened to them today, I was like, yeah, they're, they're quite sort of, um, they're quite plain, really. They don't really, they just sort of provide a bit of a bed for the, for the music. But it doesn't, not that it matters, it's still an incredible yeah. album. When you've got, just, just the actual drums themselves are. When you've got that much going on though, like a lot of these tracks are very kind of busy and there's loads of samples thrown in and they're skipping from one thing to the next. 
And I think maybe the beats don't need to be that intricate or complicated. Well, that's it's... it. I, I think maybe that's a good production yeah. decision yeah. they've made. They gave they it what it needed. It's just quite simple, yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I just, there's so many highlights in this album and I, I could listen to it all the way through and not have to skip any of them. Even the skits, you know, yeah, Robin Lynch is a bit annoying, but um, but then obviously it culminates. And the, oh, the other thing is, like the first copy of this I had on CD, it had loads of the um, tracks missing. So... Black Korea wasn't on there and No Vaseline wasn't on there um, and so like I bought a copy of it later with those tracks on it like, it went even further up in my estimation I just like No Vaseline is one of the most vitriolic diss tracks I've ever heard um, yeah. but just a brilliant track too with um, a Daz Band sample I just I, it's such a great album and such a great way to end the album as well um, so for these reasons and more Ice Cube Death Certificate is in my top 10 I think it might even be in my top 3 like you Larry um, and I like it, it it's, there's no contest with this one for me absolutely no contest and so f- which is the reason why I'm going to give my vote straight out and just say Ice Cube Death Certificate 1-0 what are you two saying? Steve wow it's got to be Black Sheep sorry guys and you, Larry, you've got the casting vote? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I've, I've given the game away already by saying it's top three. Um, I think actually, Danny, our top three are the same. I and think I they think are. we probably don't know what order they're in, but we, we can kind of, that, that will become clear as, as we go on. But um, yeah, that's all day long for me. It's incredible. Absolutely right. Well, that's a 2-1 victory for Death Certificate then. And that's the second album through to the semi-finals. Uh, it's back over to you, Steve, in the virtual green screen studio with your virtual two-pack. Um, let's see what's next out of the bag. Okay. Um, he's asked me to ask you, Dan, if you like his this track, hit him up. Um, does he have the capability of actually understanding my response? I can um, type it in using binary. Oh, okay. So, uh, um, yeah. The answer is yes. Um, I think he went a bit over over the top with it. I think he got a bit too excited on it. But yeah, it's, it is one of the all-time classic. I mean, musically, it's not very good. Just a replay, don't look any further beat. But um, yeah, essentially, it's, it's, a good, it's a good diss track, yeah. You can just... So do you want to type yeah, that in? I agree. He's, he's throwing you a gang sign, so I think that means he's happy. Okay, cool. That's good. All right. Right. And he's uh, drawn uh, the next album out of the hat. It is, it's the Low End Theory, Tribe Called Quest. Oh dear. Okay. One of the big guns. And out of the hat, ah, it's NWA. Oh my goodness. This this is exactly the match I did not want to see in round one. This should be the final, shouldn't it? This should be the final. Well, let's not give the game away, but you know, this, 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 this was a potential final. Oh. You'd expect them in the semis, wouldn't you, at the very least? You certainly would. You certainly would. Right, okay, this is uh, this is going to be really tricky. Um, what's happened here is you've drawn two of my favourite albums of all time. They're two... Yeah, I think they're two, they're two top five albums for me. And in NWA, you have actually my favourite hip-hop album of all time. And that's not just me saying that. That's Redman as well, because that's his favourite hip-hop album of all time. 
uh, I heard on a recent interview. Um, the main thing about this album is no other album makes me feel the way I do when I listen to it. Okay, it's got this this kind of energy and this anger and this intensity behind it. Like it's exciting, it's incendiary, it's it's really entertaining. Like you could just feel like they wanted to just show off. Uh, they like didn't have Ice Cube, so they kind of I think they wanted to prove that they could knock out a really really good album without him. And you know, and and I think they really do deliver. In fact, I you know I think this is so much better than Straight Outta Compton. I mean, I I think Straight Outta Compton is one of the most overrated hip-hop albums of all time. It's got like four good tracks on it. Um, whereas this one, it was just an explosion, an absolute explosion. I mean, you had all the controversy surrounding it. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's a problematic album. It's certainly not one of the you know, most lyrically complex albums that's ever been made. But there's just something about it. When you're listening to it, it just has this effect on me. It's like you can you can hear everything they're trying to do. It's so it's angry. It's it's really like impactful. Um, so the reasons why I like it so much, Dre's production, obviously, you know, the bottom line, this is such a quality production from Dre. It's hard, it's soulful, it's funky, it's a lot of replay, George Clinton, Parliament, Funkadelic samples. It's so, so good. Um, and it just kind of uh, certainly with Always Into Something it laid the template for the G-Funk sound I think with that high pitched synth I think that was kind of the first time I'd ever heard that sort of thing being done Yeah. Um, and that sort of uh, rim shot led um, beat so you know I love that I had that on 12 inch Dre, Dre and Yellow's production just makes this stand out and you could hear what he was laying the groundwork for the chronic in this album you could hear a lot of it sort of it, it developed but it you know it you could hear a lot of what he tried to do in the, in the chronic starting here. Um, people talk about, you know, Dre as a producer, as a rapper on here, this is him at his absolute best for me. His verses, certainly on the title track, are, they blow me away every single time I hear them. And I think he might not have wrote them, you know, who cares? He delivers them so well. And he's got such swagger on them and, and, the, and the lyrical kind of, the, the rhyme schemes are just they're really really good and like he to me he is one of the best rappers in well certainly in NWA but you know in he's so much better than people sort of have him have him down for yeah. but as well as that Ren and Easy are on the top of their game as well and the way the three of them interact on the tracks they go from one to the next they're in you know they're, they're into play is brilliant and, and sometimes you know you've had Dre and Ren going for a bit and then Easy comes in with his verse and it's like this could this have got any better it's like it, it's it's just there's something about the alchemy of this album that just works so much. Um, it's breathtaking, and 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 then just finally, it's got what I really I genuinely believe is my favourite hip hop song on it of all time, and that's Real Ends, um, which was also on the Hundred Miles and Running album um, EP. Sorry, um, it's my favourite hip hop song of all time. It's I think the word I would use to describe it the most is relentless. It just when it starts, it just it rolls right the way through to the end. They take turns on the verses. Just when you think it's over, somebody else will come in with another verse. The chorus has got scratching. It's got Yella doing. Oh, it's just such a great track. So um, yeah, for me, I mean, it's it's my favorite album of all time. So I don't really know what I could say. What more I can say about it than that. Um, Danny, I, I think you just absolutely nailed it. I think uh, I could just hear the Wembley crowds are just yeah. applauding, you, applauding your analysis there. That was uh, they're on their that yeah. they're on their feet. I can see they them. They are on I can their see feet. Them. That was uh, that was spot on. Yeah, um, which makes it all the more hard for me to have to compare it with another one of my top ten albums, uh, the No End Theory, which 
you know, had it been against anybody else, I think it would have just sailed through because it's, I mean, it's just a phenomenal album. I think it's as close to a perfect album as uh, you can get. I think, um, like on NWA, even though it's my favourite album, I do recognise that there's some stuff on it is absolute rubbish, and I would not have put on it in the in the in a million years. Like, um, I'd rather F you, uh, Automobile. I think they really spoil the album. Yes, F a bit funny, but uh, but whereas Low End is start to finish an absolute stone cold classic the interplay between tip and fife is brilliant i mean fife comes to the forefront on this album in a way that he wasn't on their first album um it, every single track is iconic and every single lyric is iconic as it, as you're listening to it there are lines that you just know like you know it it's like um it's like a rite of passage for any hip hop fan to know these lyrics or bits of them even people who aren't into hip hop know bits of these lyrics i just it's such an iconic album um it's my favourite of their albums. I think what I love about it so much is the heavy inf- um, jazz influence on it. Uh, We've Got the Jazz is probably my favourite track on the album because it's so smooth. It's got one of my favourite breaks. Um, and, it, and it ends with Scenario, which is the greatest posse cut of all time. Uh, every line in that is memorable. So, you know, this is, this is a heavyweight clash of the highest order. Two of my top ten is going head to head. Uh, and I think I better shut up now and let you two talk about them because I could go on forever. Uh, so let's go with you, Steve, on this one. There's not much stuff to say. <laughs> Blimey, that was uh, that was incredibly well said. Well, yeah. So NWA, I completely agree with everything you say. So I, I think I just have to validate maybe a couple of things. This is definitely their best album. And Dr. Dre is on top form here. Um uh, it's really interesting what you're saying. Like this, this album is obviously inspired by Ice Cube. And actually, when I listen to it, I think, I want if if Ice Cube was on it, could it get any better? But actually, we wouldn't have it as good as would we if he had been on there. It'd have been a different sounding album, different type of album. I but think so. MC Ren, who's not the strongest rapper, is actually really quite good on this album. He's immense. Um, I mean, I think he holds. I think he really holds it together in a way. I just. He's like the you know he comes in on the intro and he, he sets he up sets the scene. He? he steps up. Yeah, he steps up and he sets the scene for it. And all the way through, he's his constant kind of solid presence. See, to me, MC Rem was always the one that people were impressed with, like in the yeah. old days. Yeah, no, I, like, I agree. He was the one that I kind of like. He was my quintessential like rapper. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He could rap fast and he just sounded really authoritative and. Yeah. Yeah, in a way that I kind of didn't. I, I just, yeah, he was my favorite. But I think rapper. he stepped it up to the in this album. I think he stepped it up even more. He became yeah. the the main guy. I think. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And although there's some annoying tracks that you said on here, Danny, I don't think any of them are really kind of like filler. You don't have to skip them. They're not like awful. Well. Um, well. I always I always yeah. skip automobile. I quite like, I like of those two tracks. Automobile's the best one because it is quite funny. Yeah, it's not that bad. I really like uh, "Real N Words Don't Die." That the drum hits so hard on there. It's just just amazing. And like whenever I do a compilation album, "Appetite for Destruction," "Find a Method and, and Flee" always get on there. "Approach to Danger" and "Days of Way Back." It's just something a little bit different at the end. So this is yeah, phenomenal album. Definitely you know, the best NWA album. But then it's going against what I would consider a masterpiece in the low-end theory. It is just funky, funky, funky. It's complex and 
five really steps up and I think I think I don't I don't know if there's an album that just starts as well as this one is there's like the first well probably six maybe all the tracks in it the first six tracks just just keep going on and on to each other so 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 well uh, I love butter I think that's probably my favorite favorite track on there I think Fife is really really in his prime oh he knocks it out of the park on that one he flows through that so so nice and there's the classic obviously there's Chet the Rhyme and yeah Danny agrees Scenario I think is the greatest posse cut ever it is just it's just perfect and I think probably the same as um, you know the choice is yours I I could put Scenario on to get me into that kind of hip hop state of mind so two absolutely cracking albums Two monsters. Absolute monsters. monsters. I'm really, really fascinated to hear what you've got to say about this, Larry. Let's have it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm absolutely gutted that these two have come up against each other, to be honest, like knowing that one of them's got to go. Like I've always, I've always known that I've loved the NWA album, but I don't think I realised quite how much I loved Low End Theory until kind of this week, really. I think, like, starting with low-end theory, like, to me, it's just the pinnacle of that early 90s, like, jazzy sound that other kind of groups like Gangstar and, you know, Pete Rock and CL Smooth were also going for. Like, this one just does it in such a kind of polished, classy way, which is just sort of head and shoulders above the competition, really. Um, It's like a really cohesive, slick sound. You've got so many, like, infectious, catchy bass lines on there. You've got the silky smooth, like, jazzy loops. And like the drums in particular are just so distinctive on this album. Like the snares are really kind of crisp and snappy and the hi-hats are really kind of, there's a clarity in the hi-hats and they drive the kind of songs through. Yeah, they just always sound so meant to be, don't they? They sound so intrinsically... like when I kind of mentioned about like on Death Certificate, the drums being a bit inconsequential, like the drums are front and centre on this and you could not replace them. Like Q-Tip is such a monster of a producer. Like we've said this before when we kind of talked about people's instinctive travels, like he's so underrated. He is, he's so underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as a producer. So, yeah. he, he's, so, he's just rock solid. Um, he's also an incredible rapper as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, the music's quite straightforward on this. It tends to kind of be just made up of relatively simple, like, loops rather than, you know, piecing together multiple sources, kind of like the Bomb Squad or, or Boogie Men do. Um, but what that means is, like, there's kind of loads of space in the mix um, and the lyrics just fit on top of that, like, so nicely, really kind of allows them to breathe and shine. Um, I think, you know, the vocals are easily, like, the equal of the beats on this. Um, like you said, it's kind of famous to the album where like Fife steps out of the shadows and um, even like the way the first thing you hear from Fife is when he says, yo. Yeah, the way he comes in, it's such a strong... It's like him stepping up to kind of prove himself. Yeah. Um, There's there's quotable lines all over the place, like great choruses, great hooks here and there. It's just such a listenable kind of nice fun album to listen to I just absolutely love it Do what, the, the sequencing is great as well isn't it it's like yeah. it, it just one track goes into the next so s- smoothly yeah. and seamlessly but, and also they don't yeah. let them play for too long they're all quite they're quite short they'll, they'll cut yeah. a track and they'll go into the next one it's, it's, just, it's a like you said it Steve it's a masterpiece I reckon and quite a good example of that actually is um, 
like the weakest track on the album is, is what yeah right at the end but the saving grace about that is that the very last word where they all shout what yeah then leads into scenario yeah. so perfectly that it makes that crap track what like worth being on there like it just it just adds something so i, I love that little it's only two and a half minutes long as well so you kind of like but yeah. it stops before you realize you're not enjoying it you know what i mean yeah it's kind of yeah it's quite it's quite sort of short and sweet album but yeah it's, it's just so good um like the nwa album just kind of couldn't be more different sonically um, it's like the polar opposite, really, of low end to the point where you can barely believe like they're both in the same genre. Really, it just kind of goes to show how much variation there can be in yeah. hip hop. It's not kind of the same like a lot of people think. Um, like Danny, I've kind of been obsessed with the album for you know over twenty years now, basically, and especially as like as a scholar of like music production, this is just absolutely mind-blowing to me it's just it's the best thing that joy ever produced like without a doubt and that's that's really saying something with his catalog and i don't understand why it's not a more commonly held view that this album isn't his best work it barely gets a mention by most people yeah like you said danny shout out compton is i do like shout out compton it's the thing that got me into hip-hop in the first place and I do love the good tracks on there, but it is overrated. This is just so much more than that album. Um, it's it's just what I love. It's just it's hard, like and menacing. Um, there's just so much like tension and drama in the music. I think just like thinking about that first track, you've got that kind of really mean, like descending, like guitar riff, mm. which is just so kind of heavy metally in the heart i just it's like the, the production is just exquisite it's kind of like it's kind of like um like slow motion bomb squad production yeah. like it, it's that densely layered like to, to kind of listen listen to it casually you might think that they're loops but there's actually so many little layers going on in there that kind of reward critical listening if, if you're kind of into that kind of stuff and like it's kind of like it's like I've written here. It's like widescreen, high definition music. Like he felt like again as a scholar of production, he, he fills up like the frequency range. Like from you've got the really deep kind of heavy bottom end, and then like at the top you've got like those famous Dre like sustained string notes that kind of just go lead like, yeah. all the way through, and just uh, every kind of every part of the of the frequency spectrum is used up perfectly it's also really wide you've got you've got lots of little kind of bits panning kind of hard right and left and sort of everywhere in between such an exciting thing to listen to like on headphones and he cuts in loads um, of i don't know if it's yellow or whatever but they cut in little sample snippets in the background and stuff and, and you, little voices so, so, yeah stuff. little voices oh, yeah just, yeah that's oh, brilliant um and then lyrically as well um i mean you've touched on this already but like the common view is that ice cube leaving like her nwa as a group and i think that's why a lot of people discount this album but for me like as steve kind of said really like it would be a different album without ice cube like i don't i i think for them breaking up is the best thing that ever happened like for all of them like ice cube went on to produce like death certificate which is incredible 
and it allowed NWA to do this album in this particular way, which is also incredible. Um, and yeah, I just think the kind of the remaining rappers, as you said, just fit together so well. Um, yeah, that kind of, I mean, I, I think one of the most consistently wrong opinions in hip hop is that Dr. Dre isn't a good rapper. Mm. Like, if you think that, I just, I can't identify with you as a hip hop fan. Like, he's incredible. And um, yeah, he doesn't write his own lyrics, but his, <laughs> yeah. his, like, his flow is as good as any other West Coast rapper, I think. And his voice is just incredible. Yeah. Um, got a kind of fantastic, like, instantly recognizable voice. Um, MC Ren, as we said, is brilliant. I love Eazy-E as well. He's such a charismatic, he's, he's not a good rapper, but he makes up with it by having so much charisma. He gets all the funny lines. And you and, can and you remember all of his verses. It's like he comes in, you yeah. know exactly when he's coming in and you know what he's going to say and you can rap along with all yeah. of his verses. Certainly, it's certainly on this album, but not on just everything album, that yeah. Eazy involved with, he, like, he, he's one of my favourites. I've always loved Eazy-E, um, even though kind of, you know, like technically speaking, he can't rap, and they have to make him say like they have to make him record his lines individually and piece them all together because he couldn't do it all at once. Um, I think, as kind of Danny alluded to as well, like, I think you ha do have to mention that like one thing that does get me about this album, the older I get, is that it is horribly misogynistic, um, and even though kind of you know like casual sexism was just always rife in hip-hop especially in back in these days there's some genuinely kind of nasty stuff in this when you really think about it yeah they went overboard didn't they i think with the, with and, the and especially knowing that dre has like a history of violence against women like it's like he mean it's like they actually mean what they're saying rather than saying I always kind of, when I was younger, passed it off as being a bit sort of funny. And some of it kind of, although the subject matter is horrible, like they, they kind of do make some humour out of it. But actually, I just, it makes me wince a bit to listen to it now. And I haven't actually listened to this in quite a while because of it. I just can't really, it's, it's a, it can be a tough listen. To yeah, I, bits, really. I, I, I agree with you. It's one of those, yeah, I, kind of, I, I, I listen to it. And it's a while before I need, I listen to it again because I need to have that yeah. that space. I just I would I would like I would pay so much money for an instrumental version of this album. Mm. Not just because not just because of that I can kind of handle it. And just take it for what it is as, as a kind of product of its time and separating the artist from the art and all of that. But I would I would love an instrumental copy just to really kind of study the music here because it's just. It's just incredible. I think it's probably, it's up there with, we mentioned like last time, DJ Quick being such a good musical album. This one isn't as musical in the same way as Quick is, but the production detail is on that same level. It's the only thing that kind of yeah. matches it really. It's I just, just, yeah, just and, absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, mind-blowing. And I just, it, it just blows my mind also how criminally underrated it is i just don't understand don't why know. it's always like frowned upon it. it's it's looked down upon because of the controversy because of the dodgy lyrics and the problematic stuff they talk about yes but people like don't they they let that cloud their vision on it but then they don't they don't see the amazing sort of lyrics and, and the rapping and the production because of the controversy that surrounded it at the time and i think that's a real I think that's a real tragedy um, but yeah like yeah. i say like we, we are obsessed by this album and um I don't know. I think I, it, to me, it's got a kind of a mythic quality about it. 
I don't know if you, you kind of agree yeah. with that. It's kind of the, not just not just the album itself, but the, the story surrounding it as a kind of a mythic quality, helped along by the oh, cover, definitely. the cover as well, which we need to mention. But one, the cover is just one of my favourite hip hop covers yeah. of all time. Is everything about this album is just phenomenal. Anyway, I think we better better move on and vote on this one, boys. Um, so let's come back to I will you. Say, just, just before we move yeah. on, very quickly, it's, it's a shame that this one didn't come up against Destiny okay, in one yes. way because I, I I I once had a Facebook conversation with Jay Zone and I asked him about his opinion on this album. He said he loved it, but he says he prefers Death Certificate. So he could have had the casting vote if it were if we it should, were needed. Should try and get him on. Try and get him on the show. Cool. Right. Okay. So uh, I think I'm up first to vote on this one and. Um, you know, it's a really, really hard choice, and I wish it wasn't between these two albums. But I think you know, I need to stay true to my real rank system, which has NWA's FL4 zagging right at the top. So yeah, that gets my vote. NWA, um, Steve, what are you voting for? I still really don't don't know which way I'm going to go here. Uh, uh, you know, what you two were just kind of discussing about, you know, this. This album came out at a time when NWA were the most controversial group, you know, ever. And they probably still are the most controversial group well, ever. Most dangerous, so dangerous, definitely, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it does have a, like, a context to those, like, the aggressive, sweary, disagreeable con- the content of the album. Oh, it just sounds so good. But then, on the other hand, Low End Theories it is a masterpiece and... Q-tip is a, is a genius. Um, right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for E full for Zagging. Who are you going for that? Because, yeah. They surprised because, me. Because at the end of the day, I have, to, I have to go by what I normally do is I look at how many great tracks are on there. I think it's got more great tracks and Dr. Dre is, is the boss. Interesting. Fair enough. Okay, so that's 2-0 to NWA so Larry let's see where you go with it I yeah it's I kind know. of academic really but I'm, I'm I'm really surprised at how hard this is for me to like I, I'll just say I am voting for Ethel for Zagging because it is still in my top three of all time and production wise it is the best album ever and just as a kind of scholar of production I could if I had to choose between these two albums to never listen to, only have only have access to one of them again, it would be NWA, just to kind of drink in that and absorb that kind of production masterclass. But I, it absolutely guts me to kind of have to kick out No End Theory because it's um, actually, if I had to pick an album to listen to right now or next week, it'd probably be No End Theory. NWA like you said Danny it's a bit of a it's a very absorbing listen but quite it can be quite a hard one as well it's exhausting you can't you can't you can't come back to it like regularly whereas with low end you can throw that on any old time and have a really nice time listening but when you do go back to NWA for that first time the first time you put it back on after not having heard it for a while every single time it it makes yeah it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck it's it's, it's unbelievable Um, well, if you just said to me that Low End Theory was going out in the first round 3-0, I wouldn't have yeah. believed you. Absolutely but madness, it yeah. came up against like one that we've, I don't know, we've just got this attachment to. Anyway, 
there you go. Yeah. That's um, that's the World Cup. That's the World Cup for you. So okay, so that's your third team through to the semi-finals. NWA's second album. Right, so we come to the final match in round one. Um, so it's just a formality, but we need to uh, get to our virtual two-pack to draw the balls out. Um, so what have we got left, Steve? Over to you. Right, so out of the, uh, out of the hat, it's uh, OG, Original Gangster, Ice-T, versus De La Soul. Another, uh, another East v. West. Another that's, East versus That's a West. clean sweep. Unbelievable. Okay. What are the chances? What are the chances? Well, is it one in eight? Um, okay, <laughs> that's probably not right either. But um, so, uh, Steve, you're up first on this one. Let's have your thoughts. Yeah. So, I think probably of all the albums in this in this World Cup, these are the two albums that I am definitely less familiar with, um, and the I just kind of. In summary, Dead as Soul is Dead is an album that I just never really got into. I like, listened to it a few times, I just didn't kind of appreciate it, I think. And then uh, Ice T's album, I, I've only listened to for this World Cup. And I think uh, I messaged you both to say, actually, are you both going to vote for this? Because it's it's actually really good. And uh, and it is surprisingly good. Um, so I'll talk a bit more about it first. And, like, I think it. It kind of feels like it's like that classic early '90s production. It's just like solidly, solidly well produced. Like nothing fancy or nothing like overly funky or, you know, it's certainly not you know a masterpiece. But it's just good, solid production. And actually, Ice T, I think, um, is a really good rapper. And I think maybe because he was like on MTV Raps as like uh, the host and stuff, I probably like discounted him as being like any good. I just thought he was like some sort of mainstream. I don't know what's it, but this is like his fourth album, and um, and although it's like quite a long album, I th- you know I always say I like an album that kind of plays well as a long player, and I love listening to this all the way through. And although Low End Theory is is great, Larry, you said you'd like this that next week. I think this would be the album that I would listen to next week because it's really kind of like caught my attention. Uh, so many great tracks on it, like My Contract, My Never Matter. OG Midnight, even though it's like a little bit kind of rockier as a track, it's uh, it's really good. And I really, really, really like Pulse of the Rhyme. Yeah. I think he raps so hard on that. It, it really comes off really, really well. That's that's definitely been like a. a I'm really pleased I found that track and a great little sample on it as well. World Cup, so a great, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I do love it. Uh, so yeah, so, so so I think that's a really good album. And then the Dennis Solid is dead, dead album. I, I really like Principle, and I think it is a good album. But I try to like like think why this doesn't kind of like I don't know resonate with me a bit more. And it's it obviously sounds completely different from Three Feet High and Rising, and it it definitely grows on me. And they were obviously looking for a different sound, but I kind of think. They should have just stuck with that three feet sound. It, it's just 
hard work. And I like albums that make you make you listen over and over again to try and get into them and, and then you kind of grow to appreciate them. But it just doesn't, there's just like the skits and those kind of like, I don't know, they're part skit, part song. They just don't work for me. I think they should just stick to what they do best. And the tracks that I do like, I do like, but I don't love love them. I think there's probably only a couple of tracks on there that are kind of okay. Like a roller, a roller skating jam thing, Saturdays, I think that's just because it's, it's feel good, isn't it? It's funky, feel good. And I like the fanatic of the B-Wed, that's, that's got um, that's got black sheep on, which maybe is maybe why I like it. So I think an, a good but underwhelming album. Okay, yep, yep. That's um, some valid points there, Steve. Uh, Larry, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be an uncharacteristically brief round for me, I think. Um to be honest, like with I'll start with Ice T. I've never been a huge fan of him. Um, outside of some standout tracks, you know, very few of which were on this album. I, I, I definitely like um, the Iceberg a lot more. That's his kind of that's that's my album of his that I like. Um, and this is kind of not really relevant, to be honest. But it's just my personal opinion. I always kind of associate him with like people we knew at school who only liked rap music when it was trendy to be into rap music. And they liked Ice-T because he was like the hard kind of um, rapper who rapped yeah, about guns and stuff like that. I always associate with it just like these sort of cartoonishly violent raps. And um, yeah, I just don't really rate him as a rapper at all. You've got quite a good voice, but don't like his style. Um, got a weird... He, do, he doesn't really doesn't project very well he kind of almost just talks the lyrics or sort of murmurs them out really um apart from on some you know not every track but um yeah i, I think like the title track here has has a pretty memorable beat but i mainly know that piece of music because it was used for the radio version of fist of fun the lee and herring uh show and if you were oh, kind of aware no. of that but um that's where i knew that from so yeah, I just yeah, just not an album I kind of have any desire to listen to again. Really, I, I yeah, don't have any. I, I sort of have a memory of it coming out and listening to it with you, Danny. I think I just yeah, never, never had it. Don't really like it. Yeah, moving on to Day Last Soul is dead again. Never been the biggest fan of them particularly, uh, and if anything, I kind of prefer their later stuff like Stakes Is High, um, The Grind Day, and some of the artificial intelligence stuff. Um, I didn't have this album at the time. I don't have it in my collection now. Don't have any attachment to it whatsoever. And so just listening to it kind of completely free of any personal bias. There's just nothing in there that interests me, really. Um, The beats I find really dull for the most part, just too sparse. Um, On the whole, I think they're good MCs, but they just don't shine on this album at all. I much prefer the first album. Um, I can see why people were disappointed in this after Three Feet High and Rising. And yeah, I, I, of all the albums we're looking at this week, I can just see myself never wanting to listen to this one again, really. Um, I think the only track that stands out is Roll the State Skating Jam. Um, but that's mainly because of like the intro, like that Sal Soul sample that's only there for like a 10 seconds at the beginning. Um, 
yeah, just gutted that these two albums kind of against each other in the first round, really, because I'd, I'd like to see them both like taking an early, an early bath, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an odd, um, it's an odd kind of matchup, isn't it, to have these have these both in here? Um, obviously, people voted for them to get get them in. I don't really understand why they're why why they're in. It's probably my fault. Um, but um, yeah, I have to say, after sort of listening to me again for this. Um, I do kind of hear what you're saying and I kind of agree with a lot of it. Um, what's happened here, I think, is that I've got a memory of these albums and having them on cassette back in 91 and loving them and just listening to them obsessively, just really liking them and then kind of just assuming that that's how I still felt about them. And then, you know, you listen to them more and more and you, you kind of hear the tracks you like and you still assume they're good. And I actually, I actually sat down and listened to them critically this week and they're just... They're not as good as I thought they were. They honestly aren't. I think um, De La Soul is Dead suffers from the same thing that Three Feet High and Rising suffers from, is that there are too many skits. It's too fragmented, too bitty. Yeah. Um, it's too hard work to get to the good stuff. Uh, it's like a mango. You know, you have to peel it and get the stone out. But there's, once you get there, there's some really good <laughs> sweet stuff. But it's just too much like hard work to get to it. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. I was like, I kept they kept coming up with... Um, skits like what's the one where they do the house song kicked out of the house it's like yeah all right funny all that sort of stuff but it it just it doesn't help the flow of the album it just keeps stopping but on the flip side the the strong songs on here really do kind of lift it and i think that's what's made it stick in my head for all this time as an album that i love for instance yeah saturdays is is the classic track on here um the Ring Ring Ring, obviously another single of theirs, massive single, um, which is just so infectious and such a great sample, the Whatnot sample, um, just absolutely elevates that track. Absolutely love it. Um, and probably one of the best songs on it is Millie Pulled a Pistol on Santa, which tells a really, really good story. And I always loved that one. It was just so different. And to talk about sort of like child abuse and such a dark subject. I, I hadn't heard anything like that from De La Soul at the time and I was really impressed by it. Um, Oodles of O's I love as well. I think that's a really cool uh, intro to the album. Love the beat. I love that sort of bass sample. But yeah, just listen to it. And I think the other thing was when I first had it, I had a cassette and a lot of the tracks were missing off that because obviously they've got to edit it down to a certain length for the cassette. And so I've since bought it on CD and there's all these skits and all these extra tracks that they cut from the cassette. And I'm like, do you know what? They were cut for a reason. I mean, they're awful. Um, and they kicked out the house as well. <laughs> they are awful. Yeah. Um, so, I think I think what I've I think I've just been been tricked by by the format. I think because I had it on cassette, I think I was yeah. I was like much like a master ace. I was led down a certain way with this album. But I that's like that. your my, my master ace. Exactly. Yeah, and I was did, I was yeah. kind of I thought that was the album, and then I've since realised that it's actually over overblown, bloated punctuated by these moments of amazing music that sort of could quite happily be compacted down into an EP maybe uh, but moving on to Ice-T I think of- Danny before you move on what, what do you actually both think about the kind of skit in general in hip hop because obviously Dallas Sol are credited with, with with introducing skit and making it kind of famous and and uh, does think it adds anything really I quite, I quite, I like a good one. Like I really like the Mr. Hood ones. Like, like I said earlier, um, I, re- I like the NWA ones. They're always really well, well done. Um, 
I like Wu Tang ones generally. Like uh, maybe not generally, but I love the Liquid Swords ones. Um, yeah, but De La Soul are just the worst for it. I think I just not. They they feel Um, like a joke you're not in on often. Um, Yeah. And that's what I don't like about them. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good observation, actually. I think just like, just the original and worst. Just moving away from the skits thing, like considering that they're from the same camp, like to put this up against like low end theory is just laughable. Yeah. Like the, the difference in quality between the two of them, like it's just absolutely no match. I know not comparing them, but just as a point of reference, like this is just a weak, weak album compared to that. But De- Della Soul instead is, is lauded as their best album and one of the best albums from this year, and and I completely agree with you. It isn't. It's, yeah, well, it's, I just it, don't. It, I just don't. Understand. It's maybe, certainly fine. It's certainly my favorite. If I had had it at the time, but yeah, it's my favorite of their albums, and I always had just assumed and it, that was set in stone. This is this is my Dela album, and I loved it. Loved it. I just um, I, I, I don't know. Just maybe it's just me and my taste now, and me having less patience for skits or whatever. I just don't like it as much but but there you go um look we better move it on so i'm going to talk about um iced tea uh yeah so coming on to iced tea i think again what's happened here is that i've got a historical attachment to this album listened to it again this week and the first few tracks i was like oh my god what have i done like because it a lot of the tracks they've got those kind of drum machine beats you know they've got you can hear it it sounds quite cheap uh certainly like um ziplock when ziplock comes in i'm like oh okay I love this back in the day, but now this sounds a bit ropey. Uh, then, but then it picks up and you, you come into like uh, Mind Over Matter and then New Jack Hustler comes in. Now, New Jack Hustler is an absolutely immense song. Um, I used to love that. It's got Bobby Humphrey song on track. it. A really good track. Yeah, I love it. It's just a stone cold classic. That's what I mean by that kind of classic production. It, it's that kind of era that you expect that kind of production. And for what it is, it's well done, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, sometimes, sometimes something can sound like from this era can sound really, really dated because they've used drum machines and they've used those sort of bass sounds. And it sounds like it was made in 1991. Others are more timeless because they've used breaks and they've used those classic samples and the drums don't age because they're just break beats. Uh, And I think there's a mixture of them on this album. I think, yeah, I think New Jack Hustle is certainly one that stands the test of time. As is OG Original Gangster, it uses the synthetic substitution break. And, you know, you can't go wrong when you use that. Um, on a hip-hop track. It uses it well. It uses it well, exactly. And OG Original Gangster is one of my favourite tracks from this year. And I love that so much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, but then it you know, kind of kind of picks up. There's loads of, loads of really good stuff comes comes on after that. We've got um, Ed, I think is a really good track. I think, um, and, and also Bitches 2 is good because they're two very good um, story raps. They're Ice T is really good at telling story raps. Certainly, like you know, from on the iceberg, the title track on the iceberg. You know, he tells the stories there. Yeah. Like those stories just stick in your head. And like Ed and Bitches Two are two really good ones. Um, standouts, as I say, OG New Jack Hustler, Flyby is kind of like a one of those old school, really old school sounding tracks, like with a really kind of generic beat that just sounds like it was made in 1991. Um, but then, you know, something like fried chicken, it's one of those, the, the, the lyrics for fried chicken are one of those I recite in my head sometimes. I just have it in my head sometimes. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, this album. It's, it's got some real good highs, but some real low lows for me. And 
I'm not sure how it got in over some of the ones that are in our honourable mentions section, which we'll talk about later. Uh, so all in all, not a particularly great matchup, to be honest with you. Uh, and I actually, to the point where I find it hard to know what I'm going to vote for. So I'm going to defer and I'm going to go back to Steve so you can vote first because I need to have a little bit of a think and a cry. Yeah, easy one for me. Uh, original Gangster. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just i going to go with the true score system here. Um, both of them rank, you know, less than three on the scale. Uh, but the one Ooh, that kind of comes low. The one that comes out on top is Ice-T. Bella Soul is the lowest ranked album of the, of the, uh, of the week. Okay. Yeah, well, in that case, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go for for Ice T as well. I think I surprised myself with that because I, you know, I always thought that De La Soul was one of my favourite albums from this year, but I think I haven't listened to it again. It just kind of annoyed me more than anything. So yeah, I'm going to go for Ice T as well. So that's a, that's a three nil <laughs> clean sweep for Ice T. Well done, well done, uh, Tracy, Ice Tracy, um, Ice Tracy Marrow, Ice Tracy Marrow. So, yeah. so there we go. That's our, our semi final lineup <laughs> complete. Uh, we've got uh, Ice T's OG original gangster, unbelievably. Um, we have uh, NWA's F4 Zagin, uh, Ice Cube's Death Certificate, and Dell the Funky Homo Sapiens. I wish my brother George was here. Uh, join us in a bit. Okay, you join us here, pitch side. Uh, we're about to have the draw for the semi-finals of the Hip Hop World Cup 1991. It's been an absolutely phenomenal contest so far. Um, some massive albums going out, uh, huge shocks. Uh, so we're still kind of reeling from them, to be honest with you. Um, emotions running high. Fellas, uh, what are we what are we thinking? So just to be completely clear, we're pitch side, yeah. ready for the next match to begin, and yeah. yet the draw to decide which teams are playing is, is yet, yet to take. No, place. no, no. The, the the draw is being made pitch side. Right. So so the teams are all in the changing rooms, yeah. getting ready to. And then when they know, play. when they know, they right. come out. Well, come out. Yeah. The teams are wrapped. Yeah, and they're all played at the same stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, over to you, Steve, and your virtual two-pack for match one in the semi-finals. Well, it's absolute drama over here, Danny. You're not going to believe this, but something incredible has happened. Two-pack has been gunned down. Wow. Hologram of two-pack has been gunned down. With virtual God. bullets. With virtual, virtual bullets. Virtual Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I think it may be a kind of West Coast thing because, because as we know, it's all West West Coast West Coast albums in the uh, in semi finals. So, well, that's absolutely um, um, tragic. Luckily, though, it looks like you've got somebody there with you to replace. Is that is that Ian Wright? I can see next to you there. Ex Arsenal striker. Right, the, but because this is a hologram machine, uh, I can load up um, other dead rappers. So if I I've got a kind of. Uh, a few different discs here that I can kind of uh, slot in this. I've got uh, Guru, uh, Nate Dog, uh, Big Pun, Jay Diller, or Big Bank Hank. Oh, I'd go mm. for Big Bank Hank. Big Hank yeah. Hank, definitely. Could you just it's let... Uh, Ian Wright's just behind you, though. You might just sort of let him know that he's not needed. 
Um, I, I don't think I can. He might shout at me. Okay. He will want his fee. Yeah. If, if I know Ian right. Yeah. Like I think I do. Classic righty. Well, we'll, we'll sort can that out later. In? Just tell him to go and get a coffee and we'll, we'll talk to him in a minute. Um, you better crack on with the jaw okay. though, Steve. Okay, right, okay. So, first out of the hat is... Iced tea. Oh, okay. Original Versus. gangster. Uh, Dale the Funky Homo Sapien. That is an odd matchup, I won't lie. Um, and that's you, Larry, first. You need to talk about this one. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of quite clear which way I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, a very low ranking album uh, compared to a pretty highly ranked album. Like, I wish my brother George was here. Has scored over four on the patented True Score uh, scoring matrix. Uh, there's lots of lots of fours and fives in, in uh, available here to listen to. Um, compare that to. Um, yeah, the other one, which is just full of, you know, chock full of twos and threes, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, shall I just, um, I think I just have to go ahead and, and, and say that I wish my brother George was here is my pick for this round. I can't really string it out for much longer than that, if I'm being honest. Seems, seems needlessly cruel to do so. Yeah, it's just we're probably putting out of his misery, I guess, isn't it? I won't, I won't kick a man while he's down. No, no, you don't want to do that to Ice-T, we shoot you. Um, yeah, uh, look, you know, yeah, my, my feelings on this matchup are pretty clear on these albums. You know, you've got a, a stone cold top tenor for me in Dell versus an album that, um, I liked a lot less than I thought I did, um, in Ice T. So, yeah, I think, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna string it out either because I think it's pretty obvious what I'm gonna go for. Um, so yeah, Dell, Dell gets my vote. Um, in this match so Steve it's down to you is it going to be a consolation goal for Ice-T? Well I think we've got the album that you would give to somebody to get them into hip-hop and then you've got the album that somebody might buy if they thought they liked hip-hop but didn't have a clue about it so um, I do do They might listen to that one and never want to listen to hip-hop again based on, on that really I don't know I think I think I probably liked this Ice Tea Ever More Than You Two did, um, but maybe because, I don't know, he, I've given him a kind of clean slate or something. I, he is, I he is a complete legend as well, Ice Tea. That's, you know, I, I, won't, I won't kind of begrudge him that. Yeah. He is, yeah. uh, he is, the, OG, he is the original gangster. Yeah. And people use that phrase now to describe basically anything. And he invented it. But it's made yeah. it kind of made its way into sort of the common vernacular hasn't it OG yeah one of one of many achievements in his storied think, career I think this is classic I see I think it's just 1991 production maybe maybe pre-91 production but I don't want to say it is good rapping but it isn't a patch on I wish my brother George was here which is which is great rapping and a great funky album so it's a uh, it's a thrashing, isn't it? It's a it is. It's a three 0 Guys, just get, quickly get your thoughts on pissing on your steps, which I meant to talk about earlier, and I don't think I did. Oh, I love it. I love that. Oh, he, re- he really does not like Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer, does he? Let's let's. <laughs> you know what? I, I have I have have to confess confess something. I never really realised that it was about dance, like the dance steps that he was pissing on. Yeah. 
that's I, did, I, didn't really that's thought, I didn't really get that until sort of quite recently. I just I, just, I thought it was a bit, it's a weird thing that that's how you would yeah. disrespect someone by do it by pissing on their actual steps. Yeah, I thought. But. That's a that's a brilliant track. I yeah, love it. love it. The beat and the lyrics and the subject matter just all marry into one amazing track. So I just had to mention that because I didn't talk about it earlier. Right, okay, let's move on to semi-final number two, Steve and uh, whoever it was you had over there. Oh, Big Bang <laughs> Hank. <laughs> Big bank and get right. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Ice Cube death certificate. Okay. Against well, you know NWA. Oh, it happened. The Zagan. It happened. This the the one thing we didn't want to happen. To quote, <laughs> to quote for our side. Yeah. Oh, Hank, how could you do that? Hank doesn't know what he's done. That's why he's virtually <laughs> skulking out of the studio. Look, he knows he what has, he's done. He's gone. He's, he's gone. Left. You're gonna he have to load left. up. You're gonna have to load up another cartridge because he's. You're gonna have to find somebody. Else. <laughs> uh, is he in? Right? Want, is he in? Right? Still want, there? Um, Danny, I did actually want Easy E um, because you know it would have been really relevant for the shit, but uh, Sep Latter wouldn't allow it. Apparently, as a communist. Oh, okay. Yeah, not enough brown envelopes. Paid. Okay. So, uh, so the second semi-final, Ice Cube versus NWA. I'm, I'm listening. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a bit scared about talking about this one, uh, yeah. but I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm up first. Um, so, yeah, the clash of the ex-bandmates. Um, I mean, it's pretty. I know it's a foregone conclusion with me because I've, I've laid, my, I've, you know, I've nailed my colours to the mast in NWA. It's my favourite hip hop album of all time, uh, and Death Certificate's probably my third favourite of all time. But I do think. There's a kind of a like a, a an equal amount of vitriol and, and energy and anger in both of these albums, and I think uh, I think had Ice Cube's album been a bit more kind of had Dre sort of the Dre levels of production behind it, I think this would have been a, a closer thing. But I think NWA edges it for me because it's just got so much more going for it. Um, it means so much more to me. It, does different things to me when I listen to it. You know, I love I love Ice Cube and I do get those kind of chills when I listen to it and it gets me going. I can, you know, those beats and the rhymes and the anger, you can really, I love it, but it just doesn't come close to the feeling of listening to NWA, I'm afraid. NWA is just my album, so I'm just going to have to stay true to that. And um, yeah, NWA gets my vote. Uh, let's go to uh, Steve, you next. What are you going to go for? Might be, is it a bit more difficult for you? No, this couldn't be easier for me, as you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to pin down, I'm still trying to pin down, like, I, I respect what you're both saying about Ice Cube and, um, and your love for this kind of album, but, and there are some great beats on it, but it's just, just nothing that I can kind of hook onto. And I sometimes think that you, you two have got this kind of just personal attachment from listening to it at the time that I don't have that kind of influences you. So I'm trying to be objective yeah. as, as much as I can. But I just think when you put this against the NWA album, it just, Dr. Dre is just on another level, production wise, on a completely different level. And though Ice Cube is a, is a decent rapper, I, I would. I, like, you, like we've said already, I quite happily hear Easy MC Ren and Dr. Dre, you know, as much as I 
ice cube, if not more. So without kind of laboring the point anymore, it's it's he filled for Zach in for me. Okay, that's uh, that's two for NWA. So this is probably a formality now, Larry, but what are you yeah, going for? Yeah, it's a formality, but I think it's still worth, I mean, a couple of things to point out about this is that, um, yeah, I'm absolutely in love with both of these albums. And I think, um, and they're, they're quite, they're really different albums as well. Like they're sonically very different. Um, I think Death Certificate is probably, is lyrically better. Like just on an objective, kind of basis it talks it like nwa the nwa album is very one note um whereas just it just is is not at all it's actually a more serious kind of um album thematically it kind of it covers more ground um and ice cube of all of as much as i love the nwa rappers i, I think most people just say that ice cube is the better rapper and this is his best album so it's very difficult um but the nwa album like you said danny it's just it's the way you feel when you listen to it even if you know that maybe even technically death certificate is the better album and this is here's what here's what's weird for me is that death certificate has come out higher on the true score scale. Let's 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 dig into that. So, so yeah, so what's it? What are the figures showing? So, Death Certificate. It, it's quite a close run thing, but Death Certificate has come out as a four point two three on the scale. Ethel for Zagin is a four point one five. Is it an overall reading quite, for the album? Like an overall kind of. That, this this is this is going through track by track and assigning each one a numerical value and then averaging those scores. Not that that's only what true score is. Don't think for a second it is just that. It's a lot more complicated um, and a lot more... Oh, it's linked to the stock markets and stuff, isn't it? Algorithm. It links into the markets. um, You feed the periodic table into it. It, You know, it's really really complex stuff. 3D printer as well. yeah, exactly. So, but but yeah, death certificate actually comes out higher, but but I can't go with that score. Like this has happened before, hasn't it? Like the true score. Controversial, Larry. It's very controversial. I can't, I can't remember what else it came out as, but you know, it's oh, the thing is, true score. It's an it's an unfeeling machine. Cold. It's there was that yeah. one time. I mean, I I fitted a voice module to it recently. Um, the one word it said, it just said pain. <laughs> and it has to turn it off after that. It's very, very distressing. You're, it does um, have some kind Larry, you're like, some kind of... You're like the anti-Chris Whitty. You're not led by the data. You're not led by the science. <laughs> oh, not always led by the science. You know. I do, but I do, I do take it into account, but it's only there as guidance. Yeah. It's like it's like they say in, in government that advisors advise, ministers decide. And yeah. that's kind of how I that's how I use the true score system. I'm, I hope you use real rank in the same way. Oh, absolutely. Um, They're just guidelines, you know. You can you got to go when it brings up an when it brings up a result like this, it does make you um gives you pause for thought. But yeah, ultimately, it's good, you know, although it's a full-on conclusion anyway, I have to go with Ethel to zag in. Yeah. Or what Steve would describe as Ethel to zag in. Yeah. And, yeah, we um, can talk about that later. 
But yeah, I do. It's an interesting point. That I do. I do think. Te- yeah, technically, I think on many levels, definitely, is the better album. But it's a visceral thing you feel when you listen to NWA. Uh, yeah. Plus, it's just I can't. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't live without list like having those beats in my life. It's all like it's just musically. I love the Ice Cube album. Uh, but just musically, this just it is a source of intrigue for me. It's like the template to learn yeah. about intricate, how to put intricate hip hop music together Absolutely. in a way that I could never dream of kind of doing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and also the cherry on top of this particular cake is Admiral Dancehall, uh, whose fingerprints are all That's, over this. I mean, uh, man, you know. I, that last track, Days of Way Back, is probably one of my favourite tracks yeah, on that album. But, I absolutely love it. But enhanced all the more by the presence of Admiral Dancehall, who went on to Definitely. have a massive career. And um, there's no there's no Admiral Dancehall on Death Circuit, is there? No, absolutely. I think that's much to its detriment. Right, well, there he you go. Have, like, he had like a reggae, a ragga type of person on Wicked. On Wicked, he? yeah, on Don Jaguar. Don Jaguar. Yeah. Oh, he he's didn't. No, uh, dancing, though, he? no, he's not. I'd love to see like a you know, showdown between their, their albums, but that's for another podcast. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That's our winner of the second semi final, NWA. Okay, you join us here, Pitchside again at Wembley for the final of the Hip Hop World Cup 1991. Uh, don't forget, coming up later, we've got an England legend live on the line to talk about uh, our winning album. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Um, but for now, look, we've got our final and it is uh, NWA's F4 Zagin versus Dell, the Funky Homo Sapiens, I Wish My Brother George Was Here. Gentlemen, I mean, two heavyweight albums, both West Coast. I think West Coast has been the best coast in this case, in this podcast, certainly. Um, it's seen off, uh, you know, it's seen off all the East Coast challenges. Um, you know, what, what are your overall thoughts about what we've seen here? It's been quite extraordinary stuff at times. When I looked at the, uh, the lineup for this World Cup, I thought there were three albums that will probably get to the final so it's these two plus low end theory those they i think that you know they were always going to be the strongest ones so it's great to see see we've got a heavyweight final um and it's been a it's been a good world cup and i think that's the beauty of the world cup is you don't know who's going to get drawn in each round so so you lose some of the big guns uh, and there's been some really good battles and yeah looking forward to the final now yeah and just very quickly larry what's your what your thoughts on the final yeah i i think um What's like the, the, the four albums that should have been in the in the semi-final? Death Certificate, Ethical Pazagia, Low End Theory, and I wish my brother George were here. I think just it's worth mentioning they're all they're all brilliant, but they're all really different sounding as well. Uh, it's just it's a you know a good year for uh, unique sounding hip hop. There's lots of variety in here. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's been it's been a great tournament, great variety. Um, actually at this stage it's probably worth just talking about some of the albums that didn't get in um, that kind of came close got knocked out in the qualifiers um, so yeah I mean there's there's, there's some, some big albums didn't make, didn't make the cut isn't that right Steve have you got a couple there that you sort of would like to have seen in this competition 
Yeah, I can't believe uh, Breaking Out just didn't get in here, the, the main source album. I think that's a really iconic 1991 album um, and a bit of a kind of game changer for how hip hop sounded. Uh, Gangstar, Gangstar seems to miss out every year, but we're talking about like one of the greatest producers of all time and we can't, we can't seem to get his albums into the kind of hip hop yeah. World Cup finals. And you know I've got to mention it just because it's Tupac, but Tupac up's now even though it's his worst album and it's not even a great album, I'm still going to give it an honorary mention. You will keep banging on that Tupac drum, won't you, until he get one in. What's he got left? He's got 96, All Eyes On Me. All Eyes On Me. It's got a shout. It's got a shout. It's in with a shout. I reckon that might get in. It might might squeak in. In 96, yeah. If it doesn't get in in 96, there's something wrong with the world. But we we shall see. Uh, Larry, what uh, any, were there any on your sort of didn't make it list? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, um, now that we've been through the process, and I mean, it was always a bit of a head scratcher for me how Apocalypse '91 didn't get into this. But even now that we've been through it, and fucking Ice T and De La Soul <laughs> got in above that, it's just like it kind of. Um, <laughs> It calls into question the validity of the whole enterprise, to be honest. And that was in that. I love that album. It's kind of, it's not quite as good as the first, as kind of, you know, Fear of a Black Planet and Nation of Billions, but it's still a brilliant album. It's like their last great album. Um, apart from that, there's probably not really anything that I'm that gutted about not being in there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really my only one, is, is, um, Public Enemy, that, that really should have been in there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to keep this brief. Um, but yeah, Public Enemy, having seen some of the ones that did get in, I, I think it's criminal that didn't get in. I, I wish I'd have voted for it now. I think I, I went with heart rather than head on a lot of it and I put iced tea in. I, I kind of, it, I think Public Enemy is better than iced tea. Um, I think Gangstar, I think that should have been in the expense of, of a couple of the others as well. I, I wish I'd have kind of put that up there. I just, I, thought, well, I don't know what it is about Gangstar. When I come to actually evaluating it and working out whether I want it to go in my top 10 that we do, uh, you know, we to work it out. Just something about it just holds me back. And I think it's Guru. I'm not sure, but it's just his rapping yeah. style, you know, or, you know, rest God rest his soul. But, you know, I just, there's something about it. Um, but I have the big one for me from 1991. And I know you two have absolutely no idea why I love this album so much, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's my guilty pleasure. Second to none. DJ Quick Production. I absolutely adore this album. Um, I was obsessed with it back in the day. I'm still obsessed with it now. It sounds as good now as it did, you know, back in the day. West Coast, funky. Uh, I absolutely love Second to None album, but I totally understand, you know, I'm plowing a load furrow with that one because it's... I, I think I would have, if I knew the album, I'm sure I would love yeah. it as well, but mm. I just, I've never bothered to kind of get into it. Yeah. I, I can very easily imagine that it's better than Ice Tea. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, I think you'd love it and, if and you'd have been into Black, it. And probably Black Sheep as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Second to None is my big one. Terminator X and the Value of the Jeep Beats, I'm also going to give a shout out for that because the first half of that album is absolutely dynamite, but unfortunately it tails off in the second half, which is why I couldn't quite, I, I'm quite happy for it not to be in here. Uh, and also the UMC's Fruits of Nature and not even Nature's first album, Cypress Hill's first album, third bass, second album. Love all of those, but not quite enough yeah. to have considered them for this. Cool. Right. Okay. So let's move on to the final, which is NWA versus Dell, the Funky Homo Sapien, an all West Coast affair. 
And Steve, you're up first on this one. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, this matchup? This is going to be a bit tougher. Yeah, it's a bit tougher, isn't it? Yeah, you, you've got this, this wonderful, funky, stylish, long player with, uh, I wish my brother George was here, that just, just, just listens so well all the way through. Uh, clever rapping, classic rapper, really great rapper. Um, you know, it's not a faultless album, and but it is it is pretty good. Um, and then the NWA album, yeah, I think I'm going to just go out and say it now. It, it is on a different level because you got Dr. Dre on there who just lifts everybody and anybody that he works with. Um, uh, there are some annoying bits on there, but. I still like listening from the beginning to the end. It's a, it's not necessarily like a guilty pleasure where you think, you know, this this is this is an album that's got some dodgy content on there that you shouldn't be listening to. It, it's NWA at the end of the day. It's it's got such kind of cultural significance. And, you know what you're going to get, yeah. don't you? You know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know what you're going to get. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. Uh, you just enjoy it. And and I always enjoy listening to this album. It is it's it's brilliant. And yeah, it's going to get my vote. Cool. So that's uh, yeah, that's one uh, one for that album, Larry. What are you what are you saying? What are you going for in this? In yeah, this I think just to kind of, I'd, I'd like to refer to the quick to the true scores here. You've got again. to. You've got to. Just because they have because they have come out like very close, and like Ethel for Zagin is a four point one five, and. It's unfortunate for it because it's being dragged down by the the two tracks on Apple for Zag and like I'd rather F you and and um, Automobile, which are kind of like three point five threes. Everything else is a kind of four or five. Um, and then I wish Mother George was here. Uh, that has come out as a uh, where are we? Uh, four point nine compared to 4.15 so there's not much in it at all mm. um did you did you apply any specific modeling to the to the software before you punched these yeah albums just, in? um economic data yeah um historical kind of stuff yeah um, it's a plug-in wasn't it, fed it, fed it like put some prune juice in it as well <laughs> um just to kind of get it like to move the parts through get it nice and lubricated but um <laughs> So yeah, they're, they're actually they're they're a lot closer than I would have kind of given them credit for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it really kind of it upsets me to have to. I don't think I wish Brother George was here. Really should be in the final. Um, I, I I think um, um, I think really it should be NWA versus Death Certificate. That's the kind of yeah. obvious. Yeah. Or Tribe for me. Or Tribe maybe. Yeah. Um, Tribe. It's just but the way that just the way I'm, the balls come out of the bag, you know. It's just uh... it is, and I, I think ultimately, I'm always given the choice. I'm always drawn to harder, more kind of serious, weighty stuff. Yeah, and that's why on this occasion, I think it's obvious that I'm going to go for Apple Zagin anyway. But yeah, I I don't like having you know I don't like having to say no to, to Dell on this occasion. It's a brilliant album. I love, I love it. I happily listen to them both. Yeah. But I, you've got to take a desert island disc kind of approach to this, I think. Yeah. 
Like, if you, if you had to only pick one to listen to for the rest of your life, it's got to be NWA, just to say musically great. It's a very satisfying album, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just more complex, more yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. So what do I think about this final? I mean, it's, yeah, I, I think in, in an ideal world, you would have had, yeah, you would have had NWA versus uh, Tribe uh, in here. It would have been, you know, good old East versus West battle in the final. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Dell's found his way through. Um, I will say, you know, as much as I've said that NWA is my favourite album of all time, I do think Dell is a more cohesive album. I think it's tighter. I think it's got a better flow to it. The sequencing is probably a bit better. It's not broken up by some of those skitty type yeah. tracks, you know, that NWA indulged themselves in. Yeah. Um, and also Dell inspires some of the same feelings in me when I listen to it that NWA does. Not yeah. to the same level, not to the same intensity, but like earlier I was just, I was walking around, you know, doing stuff around the house. I had Dell on. And I was like, oh, it was making me those chills. Like, you know, like, oh, I love that bit. I love the way he phrases that and the beat when it comes in and just brings back all these memories of listening to it back in the day. So it does give me that same feeling of excitement, um, which is what I'm looking for, you know. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I, you know, it's, it's no surprise to anyone that I would, I'm, you know, NWA is, is my album. It's my favourite hip-hop album of all time. And... As strong as they both are, I do think that you know I I, I would have to vote for NWA um, in this instance, um, just because of what it means to me and how obsessed <laughs> we've been by it, Larry, over the last uh, I don't know, God knows how many years. Yeah. So um, yeah, who, uh, who would who would have won this competition in you know if uh, you know a hundred random hip hop fans? who like golden age stuff I don't think Ethel Zagin would have come oh. anywhere near oh Tribe 100% I wonder who would have tribe, won yeah. Tribe do you think yeah 100% I would have said I don't. I don't think that's held up in as high esteem as Tribe I think you've got like you've got I think Tribe appeals to people outside of the core hip hop hardcore hip hop fans as well I think I think I think there's there's a sort of a, a, a more niche fan base for yeah. Death Certificate I personally believe that, but uh, oh, it's hands down tribe. Yeah, low end theory is more accessible. The deaths have mm. way more accessible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there are lo- lots of good albums this year. Oh, brilliant! I mean, yeah, as I say, it's my favourite year of, of you know of the golden era. There's so many great albums. Yeah, my four, the four in my top ten: NWA, Dell, um, Tribe, and the other one was uh, Ice Cube. Uh, so yeah I mean such a strong year um, so I really enjoyed doing this one actually and uh, I think you know I think it was a worthy winner in the end I'm really happy about it but, uh, but and I think there's somebody else who might be happy about the winner who we're going to go over to now live genuinely really excited about this to have him on the line England legend ex-England and Tottenham midfielder Paul Gaza Gascoigne joining us live Aww. on the line um, Paul, look, I know look, we haven't got much time. There's so much I want to ask you about. You're an absolute hero of mine. Uh, look, so cast your mind back, uh, Italian 90. Um, you're out there on the pitch. You you just sort of learned you weren't going to be, you know, be playing in the final. Tears in your eyes. Gary Lineker's telling Bobby Robson to have a word with you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, had you known that just a year later you, we would have had such a strong year of hip hop, and I know you're a big hip hop fan. Do you think it would have softened the blow slightly? Do you think you might not have been quite so upset about not being able to play in the World Cup final? Or do you think you would have felt the same way anyway? What, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? 
Pooh? You there, Pooh? Gaza? I know, is he gone? I've been made, I was made promises about this phone line that have not been kept. Uh, I'm going to have to sort that out for the next okay. one. That was, that was, I'm gutted about that because I was so excited. He's been on the line for the whole two hours we've been on. Was he calling from a pub? Well, he said something about taking a... He went out, he was going out with a fishing rod and a bit of chicken for somebody he knows. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really gutted about that. That's two it episodes a show, in a row. Like, even if it gives him some insight, because he, 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 he's been known to rap himself, hasn't he? Like, he's on, like, had that fog, fog on the time. Yeah, exactly, occasionally. You know, and being yeah. a, on that open-top bus with a pair of plastic tits on, you know. He, he, yeah. Around that sort of era. That's a real shame that I was, there was loads of stuff I wanted to ask him about. Never mind. Maybe. All right. Well, I'm sure he would maybe, have. Maybe, maybe next time. Yeah, I'm sure he would have shared our excitement about NWA winning and um, shared some tales with us. Never mind. Okay, maybe next time. Um, look, that's it then. So we, our winner is NWA's Ethel for Zagin. Uh, look, if you agree with us or disagree with us with our winner, or you just want to share your thoughts on '90s hip hop in general, then hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Hip Hop World Cup. Uh, but for now, thank you for listening. And until the next episode, we're ghosts like Patrick Swayze.